Stupid Hearts Club is yours to enjoy for free wherever you get your podcasts. But if you've fallen deeply in love with the show, or me, even though that's a bit weird because we've never met, then you might want to consider supporting the show via patreon.com forward slash stupid hearts club for about five or a month you can indulge in your sick little fantasy that i am your very own little audio husband friend without ever having to deal with the fact that in real life i leave socks and half drunk glasses of water everywhere either way i'm very happy you're here so please enjoy the show of Stupid Hearts Club with me, Nico Tatarovich, on my own, in bed, on purpose. I'm going to try something different in order to deliver what I hope is a very relaxed, empathy-infused... Infused? Infused solo sort of check in special. It's a feelings check in. I usually, I sometimes call these a, a mental health check in or a, a group hug or something like that, right? But this one's been building up a little bit and every time I've thought about. Sorry, I'm yawning, but I'm not going to hide that because this one is super authentic, special. I have purposely, instead of sitting at a mic in broadcaster mode, trying to be smart and all that, with a little list of um, little things to hit, I thought I would literally... Oh, God, I'm tired. Is this going to work? I'm literally lying on my bed with low lights, wearing my little French knickers (laughs) and my camisole top with a little pony on it. And I've had a bath. The telly's off. The Wi-Fi's off. Well, the... Uh, the phone's on airplane mode. Nobody is going to disturb us. Why am I talking to you in this slightly weird, <laughs> scary, um, borderline pervy way? Well, it's because I want to talk about... I want to see what it feels like to talk about some things that happened recently and some feelings about the subject of empathy um, in my most relaxed state possible 
And this is it. This is how I chill. Um, you know, the summer, the summer nights are shrinking. I was just walking home along the seafront, quite pleased with myself, getting my 10,000. Oh my God, this can't continue. Maybe this is a bad idea. This is, is this rude? Oh, come on, you can get through this. Surely I can do this without just yawning the whole time. Is that psychologically what happens if you just chill and try and chat? You just yawn. Like, if anyone listening to this, if you've been for therapy, you'll know that the cliched image of someone lying on a therapist's couch is not necessarily the classic way that people have therapy. And also, some places that just wouldn't be an option because you'd be on, like, a plastic chair. Ideally, probably an armchair. Okay, so now I'm lying in really sort of therapy if you were lying down, head up, almost like hospital bed um, pose. It's actually probably better. Makes me more thoughtful. Makes you address the room. Whereas before, a minute ago, I was kind of lying half on my side. Oh, fuck me. Okay, so I don't know whether this is a good thing or a bad thing, but fuck it, I'm doing it anyway. You know, like... If you've got a partner, um, and you stay together, or you live together, or you stay around each other's, or whatever stage you're at, you share a bed. And one of the nicest parts of sharing a bed with another person, and I apologise if you can hear upstairs, upstairs toilet, the upstairs flat. There's a little bit of flushage going on and a little bit of uh, bit backsplash, I think is the phrase. But that's all part of the charm of this hastily improvised bedchamber special. So when you're sharing a bed with someone, I think some of the best chats you ever have with a person are in that relaxed, intimate, tactile setting. Now, I'm not trying to make anyone feel like you are here with me cuddled up, because that would be weird. There's 160 of you on Patreon, a few hundred more in the wild. It wouldn't be long before that got extremely worrying and probably quite aggressive. Nevertheless, let's just think that we're in that space where when you yourself are chilling, you might you might even be listening to this chilling. You might be sat on a park bench. You might be, as some people have sent me messages saying, oh, my God, I'm partners having a go at me because I'm listening to this in the night and I keep giggling and they're, like, digging me in the ribs. So I know that some people do listen to this in their more chilled state. 
and other people um, listen to it, like going to work and stuff. I must say, I know, like, historically I've been... uh, It's been a mixed bag in terms of volume levels for these first couple of years or however long it is now. But, yeah, I just thought I'd try and do this even though I've got other recording options available to me and I'm going to be giving you some sort of updates on exciting stuff, news, changes that are coming. So, where should we start? So this episode I'm going to talk about... I think the reason this is happening, this weird episode where I'm like going, right, chill it all out and just... Uh, just like really fucking like get relaxed and share is because I feel partly because as the summer fades and the new not the new but the when the autumn comes I see that I see that as the the proper new start and it's a bit late in a year for a new start vibes I know like January is traditionally, you know, join the gym, set some goals. And I do do that at Christmas, but that's more like... That's more like after a few months of darkness, you need to sort of blast the cobwebs away. What's interesting about this is that summer is sort of an excuse. Winter... Uh, sorry, uh, spring and summer, good weather, especially my first first experience of being near the seaside in a buzzing town like Brighton and Hove. It's like, you can't miss this, we've got to do that. Oh, come on, mate, it's, not, it's lovely out. Da-da-da. That's happening, that's on there. He's coming down, they're coming down, let's have a beer, blah, blah, blah. Are you coming out? Fuck it, let's go for it. You everyone after work? Da-da-da. So there's like it's glorious. Obviously we didn't we didn't really have an amazing summer for weather, but but between April and now, it's actually there's been a fair amount of uh balmy fucking lovely nights where I've got to meet up with friends, go out, go for a walk, have a quiet one, have a busy one, have too much fun, get a hangover. But all of it took place with an attitude of don't worry about getting anything done. That's where I'm that's where this is heading. Don't worry about getting anything done. It's just fucking glorious. Enjoy it. It's the first time you've been here like this, all that. Now, as anyone who follows the show will know, part of the little journey that I set myself moving here and very intentionally came here for that reason was to start doing more music, especially sort of live music, whether it be in the street, with a busking set up, in a pub, at an open mic night, on a proper night where you play your own stuff, just a bit of everything. And I guess I, bit by bit, I have, I have, it took a while, that's the truth, Something was blocking me from really getting on with it. And I know that part of it is 
getting over going in somewhere and saying, can I be someone that does that? Who do I talk to? Asking them and hoping they say yes. That's a that's a bit of a barrier, I must say. It's a bit of a... I now realise having suddenly clicked into a feeling like I can do it and ask more and I'm asking more and I'm getting more. I now realise I walked around all the time I lived in Harlington. I asked a few places in St Albans a couple of times and it was like I was in a I was in a frame of mind where I might ask one place and I didn't hear from them and it would make me not ask anyone else. So that's something I just want to raise. And I can't tell you why. I knew I'd moved here wanting to do loads more stuff. But it hadn't quite clicked into... Fuck it. You know, get on your bike, sell yourself. Go around, be confident, do it. Don't know why I hadn't hit that stride yet. Because I've, I've done enough bits before to know I'm, you know... All right, value, you can stick me in the corner, I'll entertain your little pub, right? But it's just interesting psychologically, regardless of whether it's me or what the thing is or whatever, just to sort of, I can't do that yet. Maybe I shouldn't. Uh, I feel a bit silly. Oh, I won't do it. That's what I'm interested in here. And what I'm feeling at the moment, and I wonder if anyone else is feeling this, is that I'm sort of glad the summer's ending because I've got a sort of slightly excited back-to-school fucking get-on-with-it-and-achieve-something vibe that's kicked in, like, in a big way. Um, And it's literally in the last two weeks. Now, two specific things that are happening that has made me feel like that. One of them is one of our listeners, a lovely guy, very smart lad, called Ollie, has got in touch with me. He's got all sorts of experience in all sorts of different ways as a journalist and in the world of podcast, audio, entertainment and beyond. We've been chatting... I've been to meet him and we've basically got really excited about broadening the universe of Stupid Hearts Club but also upping the ante, tightening up the schedule, the schedule. I never know where... I don't know what my favourite way of saying that is. Schedule, schedule, schedule. I don't fucking know. Oh, I don't know, do I? Anyway. As as the... Oh, you tell me what you think. Matt Morgan followers and my own followers, if, you, if you're following both, I think we're both reasonably similar in terms of output. But I feel like... I go with the flow a little bit more in terms of not thinking that I have to get a stomachache about it and apologise all the time and whatever. I've definitely had some dodgy spells. But my output has been... It's been quite nice, but it's sort of been quite relaxed. And I do generally 
deliver the four a week month. Mm-hmm. There you go, little noise for you there. I do generally deliver the four a month. But what's interesting is this geezer's got in touch and it's like, with he's basically saying, with my support, we can up your game. We can improve audio. We can have more of a tied-in schedule schedule. We can do pre-release bits. We can promote bits. We can tighten up people's expectations and just slightly improve the thought that goes into the... um, to to a classic episode but also we can keep it moving by having some little side hustly bits that break it up a bit every now and again on a regular and predictable basis so the first example of that is the episode I dropped the other day which was quote unquote because I still for some reason I'm resisting the name but I think it's alright episode one of the Busking Chronicles landed last week and I've got to tell you that going and meeting this geezer and having all these ideas about different stuff that could be happening in pod world to try and improve my chances of like making a living getting more into this universe Having that meeting and talking about all those plans and then, and then t- talking about doing the Busking Chronicles but actually organising an episode of the Busking Chronicles whilst I was in Manchester visiting Ollie and then, you know, recording that and then putting it out and actually having a moment talking to another musician who then played her song absolutely fucking brilliantly and was dead glad that she got to do her song on a podcast and now wants to get together again and record a little strum of it and we might even do an, a, a night at some point up in Manchester and so that's like a little friendly little awesome little musical moment and a connection with another person and what it does is it makes you go I'm doing this other people are doing this this is a world and so in a very very small amount of time me raising my intentions since I started busking, since I've done a couple of pub gigs, it's already, if you like, what's the word, propagating or germinating other experiences. I've got another fucking covers gig coming up, got paid for a covers gig in a pub. I'm putting my own night on. If you want to put a date in your diary... I am putting on a night, Stupid Hearts Club. It might be along the lines of Stupid Hearts Club Presents. I'm putting a night on in a bar in Hove on the 9th of November. The bar is called The Bee's Mouth. It's a fucking cool little bar with a little cellar bar downstairs where they do open mic. In fact, it's open mic in there tonight. I'm not there tonight. You only get about 40 people in it with standing room. But on the 9th of November, I will put a night on curating and comparing that night where and I'll introduce all the acts 
and I'll talk a bit and I'll sing a bit and I'll set up who's coming next and maybe ask them a question or two so that there's a little bit of a vibe. And Stupid Hearts Club on that, on that occasion and hopefully every month somewhere, Stupid Hearts Club will become a night where me, anyone who wants to collaborate with me, and you know, having rehearsed, and at least two other acts, including potentially someone who wants who's got something to say, or some or something they want to read, like an amazing bit of literature that's romantic, or a poem, or just something. The whole point is, Stupid Hearts Club as a night is going to be a space to celebrate having a stupid heart via the themes of love, longing, limerence, pain, and whatever, right? And it's really weird because it's like, it's only one little note that I've got at the moment, but I am so excited that I've bothered to ask a venue to let me do that and I'm putting it on. It would also be smart if it's possible to try and capture the audio from that night because that would make a very cute Buskin Chronicles episode because it's, you know, the whole point of Buskin Chronicles is where's my music um, journey up to? It's sort of a way of holding myself to account. Like, I've got to prove to you that I am trying. So, yeah, every month there'll be a Buskin Chronicles. If I do an event... I will get some audio at least of that event and tell you about that event. I will also tell you about that event before it happens and advertise it in case anyone wants to come. And um, so, you know, it's weird, isn't it? I've always liked Stupid Hearts Club. What's that? Is that like, um, is that my name for music? Is that a band? My little band name? I'm a solo artist. It's like, it's actually becoming just sort of my funny little name for all my stuff that and it it is starting to actually all link together quite nicely so stupid hearts club if you're a patreon member genuinely the busking the busking chronicles will be proper bonus content that only you are getting to, um certainly while we collect a bunch of episodes and there's another idea, which I really love. And I'm going to put some context on it, actually. A while ago, I, I brought up the idea of uh, someone that got in touch with me who wanted to talk about something that happened to them. And it was, um, you know, it was pretty serious stuff. It's about, like, coercive control and stuff like that. And as a huge empath and someone that likes talking to people, listening to people and helping people... I was really tempted to talk to that person and have been in touch. But at the same time, I did think, is that the, but is that what Stupid Hearts Club is? I don't know. Is that me trying to be like Robert Kilroy Silk? So that was on the back burner as an idea. But then an idea I've had with my new baby son, Ollie, is that... A thing that has naturally been happening since I moved to Brighton and Hove is that I am engaging in conversations in public, in cafes, in pubs, with strangers, meeting interesting people. That is such a relief after years of seeming, seeming like I had a 
a lonely kind of quite often on my own social life where I'd be out and about, have a little bit of dinner here and there, have a pint here and there. And I felt like I went a long, long time where if I was on my own, no conversation would happen. Obviously, if I was out with mates or whoever, then you have a fucking great time and you have a chat. But I like going out on my own. I don't mind nipping out on my own. But it's been really frustrating because there's like not enough chat happening. I lived in St Albans. Very little, very little um, initiation of chat from strangers there, in my experience. I then lived in the village that shall not speak its name. Th- to be fair, there was a bit of chat there. You could have a bit of chat in either of the pubs. But there's only two pubs. And it's pretty sleepy. So having moved to somewhere buzzier and busier and full of more creative, vibrant, all sorts of ages, it's just, you know, and it's a bigger place. So the the level of friendly chat in this town in Brighton and Hove is beyond anything I've experienced in the south of England. And I am... I've been down south since the millennium. Yeah, so the chat... It's maybe it's something I've said out loud because Ollie's, Ollie's observation was why don't we do a, an offshoot project? Possibly it's its own little podcast, but, you know, Patreon is where you can put all this stuff and we sort of figure out whether we think it works as a side project slash other pro- podcast that you guys get before anyone else maybe for quite a long time before anyone else wanted to build it up. So the idea would be I'm not gonna I'm not gonna overdefine this, but basically the idea is gonna be for me to be somewhere and a person turns up, sits opposite me, and we have a chat and a drink. And I record that chat and drink and I don't know what they're going to talk about. I don't know what they want to get off their chest. I don't know what their story is. I don't know what's going to come out of it, whether we're going to get on, whether it's going to be funny, serious, sad. But what it will be is two human beings connecting and talking in real life in a way that maybe doesn't usually happen because we all just sort of waltz past each other looking at our phones. Now, we both love this idea in and of itself. Me and Ollie, my new, my new, the heir to my throne, the Luke Skywalker to my Darth Vader. Um, I really love this idea. And what I love about it most is that both these ideas, the Buskin Chronicles and whatever this becomes, something like drinking a chat, brewing a chat, whatever it ends up being called. Um, The thing that's good about it is that this is another way of getting another um, branch on the tree, or let's say another artery coming out of the stupid heart, that is based authentically on what is happening and in my world. But... You know, we've always got things going on in our world 
If you if you if you imagine your life as the uh, the stupid heart with all the different arteries, which are different subjects coming off it, you're like your work world, your hobbies, your emotions, family stuff, um, health, um, just some like nerdy thing that you're into. They're like those are separate parts of you, and I like the idea of presenting more of these parts to this world and then who knows they might actually become little podcasts in their own right if if they are any good but you lot will be my special babies that get to hear all of the little projects that I want to do and that's going to be possible because the new baby Jesus, Ollie, who was born on Christmas Day 2,023 years ago in uh, something nobody knows what it is called a manger. It's going to be possible to do this. This sounds like a massive overpromise, but it sort of isn't because we are putting together a sort of workflow, would you believe, chart, that means there's like a sort of almost a production schedule schedule where we look after this shit and do it properly. And um, it might give us a chance to grow the audience. You know, if I put more effort in and we're more prolific, if you guys are up for it and if you can help as well by, you know just continuing to spread the word, especially if I do more sort of shareable clips, shareable posts, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, a little bit more promotion and a little more action will help our little garden grow. And it's funny because I've always thought Stupid Hearts Club is what it is. It's just my little podcast, and I might go and sing some songs in a pub. I didn't really think about growing it in a, a big, in and of itself. Oh, why do I keep saying that? I didn't think of growing it as its own thing, because I've always thought, well, it's not really about anything. It's just like a name I've arrived at to describe a sort of attitude that I have that I like to be a starting point of my creativity, which is, like, from the heart. But actually, just with this little bit of effort that I've put in, going out, singing a bit, putting on a night, thinking about having romantic music, spoken word, putting other acts on, like it's a vibe, Incre- increasing the audio output to to include dedicated exploration of local music and my own music and collaborating with people and whatever, so you grow that. Growing another idea that's just based on connection. Now, I wouldn't have thought of that before, but that doing this nearly every week has introduced these themes and these things into my life and has grown them I guess they've become like nourishment and that's a hundred percent because of you lot 
and everyone who listens to it and your messages to me and your feedback. It's 100% because it's grown its own value and it's made me think I've got a, I've got a thing now that I want to look after. And actually, I've realised now there's so much potential. And here we are, like, sort of two or three weeks into just sort of having this little feeling. Kick on, do more, get focused. And at the same time, I've got a mate who's offering me two months of personal training and encouragement. I've got a sort of more business head-on with another podcast project that I'm hoping can turn into um, a clever way of, of getting involved in podcasts on it on a more businessy level. And suddenly I've got gigs in the diary and gigs are leading to more gigs and people are wanting to record and it's just fucking interesting the way the universe will suddenly spring to life a bit. And what it is, and this is the bit that I know I'm talking about myself, but this is, like, for everyone. This is to all the people that say, oh, this helps me, that helps me. I've had a rough week. You, I might occasionally say something that helps someone. Um, I, know, I know a lot of you know the story of the state I was in and that I moved here to sort that out. But what's been interesting is... It's been like a long holiday since I got here. But also it's been like recovery time and... Don't fucking put yourself under pressure time, but just also just, like, be sensible. What What do I, What do? I? did I need to do first when I was here? It wasn't like, write a book, do this, do that, put a night on. But I just couldn't do that yet. I had to fucking find out if I could... get some fucking work so I've got a reason to fucking leave the house and a reason to send an invoice. And truth be told, really what's happened is my TV writing career, as it was, maybe I can't really judge whether this is for the long run or not because I'm still available if the phone rings. But at this point, it is fucking, to quote Noel Gallagher, dead in the water. That industry is... Not happening. TV, British, comedy. And um, as me and Matt think we prove when we chat, not like we're not still around. It's not like we're not still able to come up with stuff and be funny in a room and all that. It just fucking isn't really happening. And that was a huge worry. But here we are. Nine months into this year, the year of fucking kicking on and change, and with this odd feeling that now is really like it's been like almost like storing up energy or it's been like warming up the boosters through the summer and through just sort of getting the lay of the land and finding out what's happening around here and getting hold of a bit of bread and butter boring work that is absolutely fucking fine to do that I'm very grateful for. And meanwhile, I've been able to sort of tinker and start thinking about some of these other projects. And now it feels like, holy fucking shit, we've now got a fully laden fucking rocket. 
full of ideas, full of fuel. I've I've got an average of about I don't want to put a mouth on it, but anyway, I've got I've got enough bread and butter work coming in to mean I'm not just completely shitting it. Uh, hopefully for the rest of this year at least. Yeah, so anyway, I just wanted to sort of make the point that that's what's been happening, and one of the reasons I want to make that point, one of the points I want to make about making that point, is that when you are frustrated and lost, however fucked everything feels, especially when it's really bad, and you will find it impossible to imagine feeling calm, steady, like trusting that things are okay, which then frees up space in your brain for you to go, oh, I could add this cool thing or that cool thing. You cannot believe that that could ever happen again when you feel down, especially like serious depressive episode like what I had. And also just kind of generally, like, life being too much of a fucking wash cycle that never ends will stop you having the time and the space to do that. But now I'm realising I'm really fucking glad. I am glad that I... As soon as the weather warmed up from when I first moved here, it was like, let this just fucking happen. Let it play out. And it's kind of strange at my age to be feeling this right September. Back to fucking school. Crack on. It's really interesting. And I thought I'd share that with you. So the second part of what I want to talk about is is based on what I was saying about well, the empathy side of um one of caring having been through some rough stuff that people know that the bit the moment you're in now isn't isn't going to isn't going to stay like that especially if you make sure that you uh, try not to go through it on your own and you're up f- for an open-minded about trying to figure a way forward that is about you getting help but is also about you taking responsibility for the fact that you've got to get help. That's fucking key. I saw some, I can't remember, someone I know posted something on Instagram earlier, and I know it's just social media kind of flim-flam. But it is true. I know it's true from my own thing. I had to sit and go, how the fuck do I get out of this? And as soon as there was any bandwidth in my head, I had to go, you deserve a better life. You deserve to change things. You deserve to believe that, apart from anything else, that you can fix this. You deserve to feel not like I'm, what do I know? I'm shit, I always fail, I always fuck up. I always make promises and then beat them. I'm always disorganised, ADHD gets in the way, blah, 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 blah. Like it does, and it, it's okay for that to be pissed off about it. But it's like, despite all that, 
It's like, I've got to fucking get my shit together. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's like, some of the time along the way, it's like, I knew I needed to get my shit together. But it was like, yeah, I do need to get my shit together. But at the moment, I've only got this much energy. I don't know, imagine whatever size of a much you want there. I've only got this much get my shit together energy. So in that state, it's like, so say say it was like May, June. Still pretty fucking fried. And I'm having a good time. So all the energy's going on, reconnecting to fucking enjoying myself. That isn't the time for me to be like, I will do four other podcasts and start a company. Like, that was like, they were like building blocks of reconnecting with, like, different parts of you, different fuel rods or whatever, different, yeah, different um, areas of you. And it's really frustrating. You want to just be, like, back on form, but it's it's just interesting to observe. It's Now it's over a year. It's, it's, it's probably 13 months since I first began to feel like capable of being in the world and doing work again and you know I've I've definitely buzzed around and done a few good little jobs for people at various points along this year but this now this new energy this kind of like changing of the seasons fucking lunar cycle shedding of a skin moment it's like, wow, that's like serious fucking mental up for it energy that I've not felt. It reminds me of energy that I had when I first got into comedy. Like, right, I've genuinely got some things that I really want to run at. And I guess if there's a lesson in that, it's like, of course, when you're, like, feeling lost, you want things to run it. One of the mistakes I think people make, including myself, is, like, well, you haven't found out what the thing is yet that you want to run at. So you just get angry at yourself for not knowing what you want to run at. But you can't figure that out without the don't worry about it, have fun, relax, whatever your version of fun is. For some people, you might need to, like, cut loose go out too much, go and watch loads of bands, go on loads of dates, cop off with everyone, go and visit different friends, go on holiday, like, whatever. The sort of just be fucking... Let yourself have some fun part of you. That isn't... That isn't neglecting the sort of your shit out part of you. You're fucking conditioning yourself to being happy enough. You're leaving you're leaving that part of your brain turned off for a bit and let all the fun take over for a bit so that later on you can go, I've probably had a bit too much fun now. But along the way I've I've been open to people, I've had fun, I've seen things, I've gone and watched things, I've got inspired by things. And I've slowly realised 
oh, that's a good idea, and I'd like to do that, and look at him doing that, and maybe I could try that. And It's like a research phase. I mean, I know it's a bit of a leap to call going on the piss for nine months research, but you know what I mean. I think you do know what I mean. So I just wanted to say that to you. And the other thing about... that I wanted to tell you that was one of the reasons why I wanted to be like super relaxed, chilling out, low energy, almost vulnerable mode, is that despite being in this kind of like cocky little phase now, I've realised through you lot and your messages, but it has just been a general slowly warming up feeling since I started doing this podcast, that it fucking really matters how everyone else is doing. It really matters. And because we all, I say we all talk, I know I'm the main one talking, but because you talk back to me and I talk to you, it's made me, and because I'm living now in a sociable city, I've felt that sort of socially responsible... wanting to help, you know, um, element of my personality really sort of rising up again. So where where I might have um, felt for someone but just sort of scurried past them before or maybe judged someone and thought, fucking hell, don't get involved in that. I'm now, I've now got this new sort of like thing which will make that the cup of uh, the tea, uh, drink, drink and a chat podcast will benefit from it. Hopefully, I'm like I'm genuinely now really fucking less self-absorbed, even though I'm talking about myself, but really wanting to like check in on people in the street and that. So anyway, twice. In the space of three days, I got involved in a couple of situations in the street where someone was extremely vulnerable and someone needed to do something about it. And I felt I couldn't not at least make sure that that person was going to be all right. And I'm not going to use real names, but I want to tell you about it. So it's Thursday night. I've just gone and watched a singer in a lovely local pub near me called The Better Half, which is a great pub in Hove. I've gone in there to watch a sort of jazz soul singer, sort of also in the hope that I can say to the boss, I'm singing too, please can I be your pub's friend? Which I did, I've sent them an email and stuff. But anyway, had a lovely night, it's very intimate, was a girl singing, she was great. Bit of piano. Friends had come to support her. Boyfriend, husband, don't know whether they're married. Even the baby was there, and Nana. It was pretty cute. So it all got quite excitable. Everyone was really chuffed. It's that beautiful thing that's in the air when someone's supporting their friend, doing music, and everyone's just sort of like... just glad that someone's fucking doing something. And anyway, we went over the road to my other 
like my favourite local music pub, the Neptune in Hove, which if you follow me on Instagram, you'll have seen me possibly doing a couple of little open micy bits in there. Anyway, at the end of my naughty phase of being out and drunk too much, because I'm like knocking it on the head for a bit, I came walking out of there, we're all excited. Yeah, yeah, we've all had a shot. Yeah, yeah, everyone's talking too loud, even though there's a sign saying, don't annoy the neighbours. And then I saw this guy who looked quite skinny. Maybe he was in his 40s, but he didn't look well. You know, we see people like this all the time, a bit emaciated, a little bit far away in his eye. And he was babbling a little bit and he was trying to talk to us. And I could very easily have just gone like, you know, it's not a rare sight around here. Someone who looks like they may not have a healthy life. Didn't know whether he was homeless. Didn't know the reason he looked a little bit worn in, knackered. But then I was like a little bit more worried about him because I realised he was... He looked scared. He was trying to talk to me and he looked scared and he was trembling. And then he was like apologising. I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. I don't know what... And I sort of realised that it was like, oh, this isn't just sort of like someone outside the pub hanging around hoping there might be like half a pint going or wanting to bum a cigarette or whatever. This guy was like, he didn't know where he was. And I asked him if he was all right and what he was doing. And I realised very, very quickly that he, like... He basically... His mindset at that moment was that he was like a frightened child, which was... Like, I, it instantly sobered me up, if you know what I mean. Anyway, I asked him what was the matter and if he was OK... And he explained to me very sort of quietly and apologetically and nervously that he wasn't sure what he'd done. He's done something. Doesn't know where his doesn't know where his shoes are. He knows he thinks he's lost his shoes and his his keys. He doesn't know what he's done and they're around here somewhere. But I think I ran away. I think I got scared. I was like, shit. Like, not just I got scared. I. Something happened, I was round there. Like, I think that happened. This was the thing that was weird about it. So I said, Can, do you mean... And I looked down, his feet were bleeding, which is, apart from being worrying and a bit sad, there's something very... Um, there's something very... What's the right word? There's something about someone suffering and having feet that are bleeding and being vulnerable that makes you think of a fable or a Bible story, right? So I just had this strange chill, this spooky feeling that you do not ignore someone in this... I'm not a religious person at all, but it's like you don't ignore this situation because it's like 
a story from the fucking ages. Right? It's almost like a little moral test. So I was like, fuck, there's no way I, you know. So anyway, so I say, do you think it's okay? Like, you can tell me whatever you want to tell me. I said, do you think if we try, do you think you can remember where you might have been when you lost your shoes? I can help you if you want. And he was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Thank you, thank you. And he was like... He was like being, uh, what's the word? I don't want to use the word like subservient, but you know, like, or compare a person to a dog, but like when a dog is a bit nervous and it might sort of bow its head and come into you and try and get your affection through its physical movements, this guy was basically acting very vulnerable, like he needed a cuddle. So I was like, put my arm around him and said, right, come on, come over here a minute. I said, right, shall we go and have a look? Shall we have a little gentle look round and see if we can find your shoes and your keys? And then if we can't find them or remember where they are, would it be all right with you if we maybe phoned to get some help? Because they might be able to help us figure out what's happened. And I know he could have freaked out. It could have been anyone. It could have, anything could have happened, but he really did want that help even he didn't he didn't know whether he wanted that help or not he was in a pretty bad space now i don't want to assume the line between whatever he may have taken because i'm pretty sure he was off his nut and what mental illness or episode or what relationship he has with it any form of mental illness, no idea. But fuck, man! Like I would have, I would have sat there all night, right? And it was, it felt like the right thing to do, to go, hey, like, do you need help now? There'll be people out there listening to this who fucking help people all the time. Then get over yourself. And I'm not trying to get fucking a pat on the head because what's interesting is you walk around and you see people all the time that definitely need help. But there's just something like in the air. Anyway, so anyway, we we cross the road to go to look for the shoes and then a lady comes walking out of um, a closed-down hotel opposite the pub. Now, she could have been a bit aggy. She was certainly... uh, She had every right to be a bit concerned and uh, intrigued to see our little friend again because she had a torch and that. She said, right, I'm security guard in there. There you are, she said. I've been looking for you, to our friend. I've just been... I've just seen you on the CCTV trying to climb the wall into our into our grounds and we're talking about a backyard of a shut down hotel and she said I've found your shoes do you think we should go and have a look for them thank god she was being kind as well and also she had a torch she had blue gloves 
and she offered to go and get a first aid kit. And she was a little bit more cheeky with, with our friend, but she definitely put him at ease. And right from her point of view, she's a woman on her own in a hotel being a security guard, and he was someone that looked like he might be trying to break in. But I'm not, I don't think he did try and break in. I don't think he knew what the fuck he was doing. Could be wrong. Anyway, she was sound. And then the other element of it was that clearly her sort of partner or boyfriend or whatever didn't live far away and she'd gone, could you just come down here somewhat? She probably got a bit scared. So he had driven down, not far, apparently, from what I can remember, and he was he was sat out the front, leaning against his car, keeping an eye on the situation, looking out for his uh, partner. But what was extremely impressive is that he was letting her do the talking and be chill. And he was just there like, I'm just here. And because what was interesting about that moment is that all three of us could could see that this person was in such a state that the drama level absolutely did not need to rise by an inch and and in the one moment where he, they, he did get more scared briefly, he was shaking more. So he sat down on a little wall and went, right, come on, it's all right. She's just going to get a bit of first aid. She's going to help you. And then we, we talked him into that it might be a good idea if we get the police to come and work out where he lives and whatever else, right? And he was... He just kept saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He was shaking... Sorry if this is a bit harrowing to listen to, but I felt like I needed to talk about it. Anyway, the police did come, and they were lovely with him as well. But when he got scared again, and it was the scariest part of the whole thing, he briefly just fucking ran. No shoes. Halfway through getting his wounds tended to, He's something in him has just said fucking go, and he's run without looking straight into the dual carriageway, and not got hit. And then we got him back and calmed him down again, and then the police dealt with it. And I was there. I think I was there for about an hour and a half. And when I when I'd finished with him. Well, I was already, like, on for a hangover the next day, so I've already fucked the morning up, and now I've stayed up an extra hour and a half. And then I needed to go for a walk for half an hour to process it, and I was really upset, actually. I had a good cry for him. But I also felt emotional about how that lady was scared, got a boyfriend down, but that the whole thing was gentle people trying to help someone who was very vulnerable and it, yeah, it gave me goosebumps, if you know what I mean. Just thought, fuck me, man. What's going on out there? So I'll try and tell this part of the story a bit quicker. Three days later, I go and have... A very happy busk on the seafront in the 
the dying of the light. Bank holiday Monday, really chuffed for myself. Tripled me money from the last time. <laughs> People waving off little bar next to me, waving and was dedicating songs to, oh, it's Janice, let's do one for Janice. <laughs> People stopping and having a little dance. Kiddies coming forward and putting a pound coin in and me saying, go and get another pound off your dad. Tell him he's a tight cunt. Dragging my gear back up the beachfront, very pleased with myself. And now I see on there's there's benches all the way up the seafront in Hove. There's the benches at the front, right right near where the the pebbles in the sea are, and there's benches at the back of the the promenade, which are almost like booth type benches, like where you've seen if you've seen me on Instagram, I've busked there before. So I'm fucking walking home. In fact, I'm walking to do open mic night at the Neptune. I'm due on in fifteen minutes. I can't walk any faster. And then I see a young figure, a person, on one of the benches, tucked into one of the corner of of this booth wooden bench thing. Knees up, head down, like like when someone is just upset, worried, cold, crying, whatever, right? This person was also shaking like a fucking leaf. Head completely buried. And this person looked potentially very young. And I couldn't tell because the face of this person was not visible. I was like, okay, I can see a bit of spiky hair. I can see... This person is quite young and maybe slim. So I just sort of say, hey, are you okay? Hey, bud, just letting you know there's someone here. Is there anything you need? And there's no response, just shaking. Completely, like, can't see the face at all. Shaky, shaky, shake. Well, the person looks like they're terrified. And um, I'm stuck for a couple of minutes because I'm sort of thinking I need to leave. But if this person just at least says, yeah, sorry, I just had a bit of a bad time, but I'll be okay, then I'll be on my way. But the fact that the person won't respond to anything I say makes me even more concerned. So it's like, okay, we're at it again. Fucking seafront vigilantes back. The Care Bear, the Stupid Hearts Ambulance Services. And and I'm, I can't even tell, and I don't mean this in a current climate pointed way, but I couldn't tell the gender of the person. And, well, really, it turns out to be irrelevant anyway. But, and I'm not going to tell you the name again, but, uh, and I'm actually not even going to assume the gender because... Anyway, I'm pretty sure it was a teenage girl, but with um, a certain amount of fluidity to the proceedings. Anyway, right, so this person can't get anything out of out of her, and I don't know it's a girl yet. 
so I ask a lady, and I'm worried that I'm like, oh, oh I'm a middle-aged man, Take your, put your head up, I want to see your face. So I ask this lady who's walking a dog, will you come and help me? This person is having a very bad time, I think needs some help. So now this very kind lady, who's who's with her dog, joins me in trying to get this person to respond to us, and she was really sweet. And the person is still not responding, just shaking. No nods, no head shakes, no yes, no no, no go away, no leave me alone. Just, it's like we're not there. So it's like, is this like an overdose? I don't know what the fuck is going on here. So anyway, we decided to phone an ambulance. This was 8, 8.15 when I stopped. You get put through, you tell someone, someone's having a very bad time mentally, da-da-da, where we are, blah, blah, blah. And we're told you will get a call back from the team who will then send an ambulance. Now, I realise there's a there's a pecking order out there, right? But just so you know how busy and overstretched the ambulance services are, the actual ambulance to come for this person didn't arrive till something like quarter to midnight. And we stayed with her the entire time. And we were checked in, like, you know, emergency services rang us. And we knew that someone was going to come. And we did, after about an hour and a half, two hours, the lady's husband came over from their house across the road and did an absolutely sterling job sort of like tag teaming from what we'd been doing showed incredible softness and loveliness and empathy for this we now found out was a girl who's 18 who who was in Hove or Brighton with their friend for for a few days but was someone that had been having mental health problems on and off for a long time and had freaked out probably from being out of the environment she's usually in and had kind of run away, panicked and hidden and didn't want their friend to know that they were having a freak out so we were worried that the person's friend would be going, where the fuck is my friend gone? And may also then be having worries and be trembling somewhere on another bench, for all I know. And it was like, this is fucking sad, man. But what was not sad was that three people, again, spent as long as it took to sit with this person because it was just fucking the right thing to do and because we all know that this shit is happening there's much more of it about I know there's I know there's stuff like this all the time there's homeless people there's people freaking out whatever but all of us know that there are there's more broken people amongst us 
it's what's been coming, it's what's been happening. And all I can say is, the three hours I spent freezing cold in my fucking Hawaiian shirt, still had to lug my gear home. By the time I walked past the pub I was going to, it was shut. But there was no way any of us were going to leave this frightened... 18-year-old that looked like a bloody 13-year-old to not feel supported. And we all ended up having such a good conversation and, like like I said, like a couple of hours into it, her little face came up and although she could only speak in a whisper, she was answering questions and we did manage to get little bits of information that were nice about her like in animals and having a horse that, that is a friend that calms her down and... I mean, fuck me, man. Anyone who works in those sectors, whether you're an ambulance driver or you work in the mental health field or whether you work at Citizens Advice or Samaritans or Mind or any of them things... Fucking bless you. And I realise that it's kind of thankless in some ways. Like, there's people do, working out there who are... It's like a never-ending stream of people who are broken. Like, what are you... How are you supposed to find the patience and the empathy each time when there's just, like... What's the word? A uh, conveyor belt of broken people. I really hope we can do something in this country that improves things in the next five years. I don't know whether the answer's ever going to lie in politics or whatever, but fuck me. Do we need more kind people with more time and more resources? But, yeah, anyway, all I wanted to say about that is that that lady and her husband... You know, we were kind of taking turns being the one chatting... I goofed about a bit, said, should we count my busking money? <laughs> Poured it all on the floor. But it was like distracting the person, and it was really sweet. Because we all bonded, and it's like a situation that you'll never be in again. Not never, but you're rarely in a situation where there's now four characters over three hours. And people talked about their history, talked about hobbies that they did, times in their life where they were down and then they got better and all of us were just trying to let this person see that whatever you're feeling now, it's just what you're feeling now. You know, there's going to be other times. There's You've got to not keep it to yourself. There's people that care about you. We care about you. And it was just, again, it was very emotional. And it really, really, I feel like it, has contributed to this changing of the seasons feeling. Because you've got to realise when you are able to fucking do things, to be proactive, to think, to plan, and to try and improve your situation and the situation of anyone that you care about with compassion for yourself and others, it's your fucking duty to do that, especially to yourself. Because we all fucking need each other. Like, we really need each other. 
and whether it's a fucking music night that's fun and everyone's tapping along and singing and it just means that that day has ended happier than it started or if it's been trying to be useful in one of those situations I just described as a bit of a an emergency or if it's like listening to someone who you know just having a fucking laugh having a really fucking good laugh that that counts as well doesn't all have to be patching people up or whatever all of it counts just fucking being there for each other so anyway I didn't really know where I was going when I started this but I knew I wanted to say everything that I ended up saying. And I'm definitely glad that I did all of this. Lying on my bed with my red heart lamp on. So, thanks for listening. Um, hope you're all all right. If you're not all right, don't ignore it for the love of God. Don't be scared of needing to put your end up and figure some shit out. And remember, you you can't just feel better when you want to feel better. You can't fix everything all in one go. It's all taking your time. It's all sequencing Easy does it, bit by bit. You trust that you will come back over months or a year. A year's fuck all. Six months is fuck all. Don't be like, why am I still feeling like this after three days, five days, ten days, a week, two weeks, a month. Just start doing the shit that helps. And fucking trust it. Right, I'm ending on that because I swore at you and that's all you deserve. You dirty little children. Okay, I'm going now. Sleepy bye-byes. Remember, if you love the show in a deep and probably unhealthy way, you can help support it on an ongoing and stalky basis on patreon.com forward slash stupid hearts club. Uh, your choice. See you soon, you internet weirdos. I'm I'm one. <laughs>